I'm Emily. And I'm Hannah. We are best friends and dietitians. We have a goal of challenging nutrition misinformation and fitness trends with an evidence-based approach. Each episode, we will dish up our thoughts about the latest facts on a popular health-related topic. We're the Upbeat Dietitians. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Upbeat Dietitians podcast. Hello, guys. Welcome back. Today, we're talking about dairy. Very, very niche topic. <laughs> um, we're going to talk about dairy because it is often very demonized by diet culture and wellness culture. So we're going to debunk some of those myths today. We're going to first go over what dairy is. We'll do that quickly because I'm sure you, for the most part, understand what it is. <laughs> we're going to go over the nutrition benefits of dairy. Um, we're going to break down some of the diet culture claims and if they, tr- if they are true or if they aren't true. And we will also talk about some of the nutritional differences between dairy and milk alternatives. If you do choose to have like nut milks, for example, and then if there is any other reason why you don't consume dairy, like lactose intolerance, as Emily will be able to speak to personally, um, we can explain, um, how an intuitive eating approach can go along with intolerances, allergies, especially in terms of dairy as well. Yeah. I'm excited for this one. I feel like dairy has been one of the public enemies for a while now and it has a bad rep out there. So we're here to chat about it and all the things you need to know. So let's first discuss what exactly falls in the dairy food group. So first off the bat, we always think of as milk, our classic cow's milk, whether you're like a 2% skim milk fan, 1% whole milk, whatever that may be, cream, half and half, sour creams, all the creams, those also (laughs) fall under dairy. (laughs) Yogurts will fall under dairy as well. And this is not like your almond milk yogurts or your coconut milk yogurts, your cow's milk based yogurts. It probably won't say cow's milk, but it's just advertises <laughs> yogurt, cheese, including cottage cheese and hard cheeses, soft cheeses, breeze, manchangos, gruyeres, cheddars, Swiss. You're all naming those. all like the fancy cheeses. Why would you first go to brie and manchango? I would have said I, cheddar, Colby Jack, provolone. I, I, I don't know if I talked about this at all anywhere publicly but since living on my I feel like I've talked to this or maybe we just talked about it like off off the mic off record off record um and I have been buying more cheese with like my own money and my favorites being Gruyere and Menchingo that's why I brought those up (laughs) I guess that makes sense it's just I don't know how bougie our audience is. You'll have to let us know, guys. That, I threw in some cheddar and Swiss you and did. pepper jack. Uh, American cheese. I mean, you're speaking <laughs> my language. I love me some fancy cheese. I like to go. Mm-hmm. Did I show you this when you came to visit that Kroger has like their little like fancy cheese area? I think so. They have like all kinds I love of cheese stuff. areas. So they're too. so fun. Me too. They're so fun. But yeah, I wanted to give some examples of hard and soft cheese. So inclusive. <laughs> We're inclusive here. What what's our what's our tagline now? Something in diversity. Good vibes and good diversity. vibes and diversity. <laughs> Even yeah. when it comes to cheese. 
Exactly. Yeah. No bad cheeses. Even <laughs> blue cheese. Oh. Yeah. Added cheese because blue cheese gets a lot of hate and not because it's a dare because of its smell. It is very stinky, but it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Other dairy options or dairy examples are ice cream and butter. Oh, I feel I like sometimes butter. butter gets left out. I almost forgot to add it to the list. But mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, butter exists and it's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of explain when we get to the lactose intolerant part that these all have various degrees of lactose in them. So you may be able to tolerate certain ones, but I'll save that. I thought it'd be fun to start, first of all, with some dairy fast facts. (laughs) What are your thoughts? (laughs) I love this new like outline we have. There's We have a slogan. We have something called fast facts now. Maybe we'll make this a consistent segment. We can get like a sting for it. So like before I start, it goes fast facts. And then I like just rattle off. (laughs) Anyway, we don't have time for that. But as (laughs) as we become famous and we have a podcast editor, that's not just the two of us. You can look forward to stings and taglines and slogans. Get ready, guys. (laughs) Okay. So our first fast fact today is that you may already know this one, but dairy is a great source of bioavailable calcium and vitamin D. That's usually the big or the big two nutrients that are kind of emphasized and pushed when it comes to pro dairy enthusiasts like myself. (laughs) Um, you know, you hear that like milk makes your bones strong and that would be why calcium and vitamin D. Yeah. Especially when you're growing up, I'm sure like that's a very important time for the growth phase of your life. And people are pushing milk, like no other it's true but there was there is evidence behind why yeah because they want you to have strong bones were you a family that had milk with like your dinners I we always had milk on us I was a person that would drink like full 16 18 ounces of milk regularly yeah which is so surprising why I suddenly stopped tolerating it but I I'm a huge milk fan I feel like this is, no, this isn't our bonus question, but yeah, we were big milk drinkers. Were you yeah. guys? I feel like you guys Yes. Were. We lived in a house where it was like milk or water. Those are your two drinks of choice. Hmm. I think we discussed this. We were a skim milk family and you guys were too, right? We were also a skim milk family. Yeah. 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 And now when I buy milk, I usually do get skim. I sometimes will get 2%, but I'm just like, I feel like whatever you're raised with is what you drink. Yeah. Bobby's family, I think was like a 2%, 1%. So he buys that. And sometimes I'll like try to drink it if he has cereal and I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. What is this? It's crazy how different it is. Yeah. Especially when that was like all you knew. Exactly. Going up. Exactly. Well, our other fast fact has to do with the nutrition benefits as well as this is a nutrition podcast. Um, (laughs) And you may not know this, but dairy foods are also, especially like milk and cheese and cottage cheese are very great sources of high quality protein that contain essential amino acids that our body cannot make on their own. That's it. Fast That's fast. the fast fact. Fast <laughs> fact. So we've got calcium and vitamin D we've got protein. We've got, as I'll explain later, or one of us will explain later, we've got even more vitamins and minerals in there. Electrolytes. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. We're kind yeah. of spoiling it, but 
Pro Dairy. Pro Dairy. The last fast fact, which I think is going to be one of the most shocking parts of this episode, is there are linked health benefits, including reduced inflammation, improved digestive health, and healthy immune systems. And I'm sure you've heard dairy is anti-inflammatory. That's our first diet culture claim that we're going to get into. Mm-hmm. That's like but the big one they say. There's recent research, a lot of it. There's a lot of recent research actually showing it helps reduce inflammation. So it's just something being spread like wildfire in the diet misinformation world, unfortunately. Yeah. But no... I guess as a spoiler. Well, it's a good segue. It's a good segue. So we'll we'll next go into the different diet culture claims. And yeah, the first one is inflammation. Um, Diets like Whole30 are really big on this. And they perpetuate this idea that dairy and gluten too, I believe, right? It's Whole30 gluten-free. Of course it is. I figured you would know with your history. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, diets like that as well. It's of course like, influencers and those like holistic doctors and chiropractors and such saying these things too. Holistic nutritionists. Yeah. Yeah. They're always pushing that idea. The ones who probably don't even know how to read a research article are the ones that say these things. Mm -hmm. So we kind of already spoiled it. Even though there are tons of claims because we are evidence-based around here, we're going to see what the evidence says. And it says that dairy can actually be very anti-inflammatory. This next one's one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Because it's just, it's just so laughable. So something else diet culture loves to perpetuate with dairy is that dietitians are paid by big dairy. No one knows what that means. Who the hell is big dairy? Who's running this? Yeah. We're not getting checks from like Fred from big dairy every week or anything. If we were paid, sponsored or whatever by big dairy... Hannah and I would only be working one job. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be much less stressed out if the dairy was involved in my life. No, we would be getting paid at least double. We'd also be talking a lot more about dairy than we do. I don't know how we don't bring it up often. No, but like people on the internet make it seem like dietitians are always talking about dairy and gluten and whole grains. Yeah. Where like we mentioned it once or twice. I feel like it's because of what the food pyramid and my plate has on it, which aren't even developed by us. It's developed by the government. We don't really have a say in that. I'm sure there's some dietitians on whatever board decides it, but like, oh, I hope so. If if there wasn't at least one, I Ugh, I would be surprised. Scared. I kind of look that up actually. I'm curious. I. I bet there's like a professor. Yeah. Like an in, economist or something. <laughs> I was going to say a nutrition science professor, but <laughs> you're probably an economist as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's where it gets pushed around is people just think that's all we do is like, yes, eat the plate diagram and <laughs> follow the food pyramid. Here's like, our handout. It's a resource we could talk about if it makes sense for that particular client or patient but we're not just like giving them a handout on my plate and saying hey good luck just make sure you eat plenty of dairy like yeah 
we and go you're into only allowed to drink more. dairy actually that's it's the only <laughs> yeah. beverage option <laughs> yeah. yeah and if your plate is not half fruits and veggies you're done yeah. for you're don't even talk to us yeah i'm gonna slap you on the wrist what are, what are we gonna do it's so dumb it's so dumb like yeah my plate's a thing it has dairy on it we might talk about dairy for those who it makes sense to talk about it for oh Finn's <laughs> butthole is like right on the camera <laughs> if you're watching this back I am so sorry <laughs> tends to do that um I forget what I was saying it's probably the thing about my plate and how angry I am it's a yeah. thing it exists but if you're in my opinion a good dietitian you probably aren't just talking about my plate you're gonna go a little bit beyond that yes and no one's paying us to use my plate also no no, no, like no one's or the food paying us. No one's nothing. threatening us. <laughs> like on the other side, <laughs> like that's what dietitian. we learn. Yeah, like when becoming a dietitian is like you get to kind of pick and choose what information you use for each person you work with. Which like we're not really- told exactly what we have to follow and what we have to do. It's dependent on the person. Yeah, that individualized care, you know. I know, you know, can't say everyone knows <laughs> <You're right. laughs> carnivore diet. <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, my, my dairy, <laughs> big dairy is not paying us. We, no. we talk about dairy. Like I said, if it makes sense for the person, but we teach our clients how to make choices that make sense for them. They're within their budget, within their taste preference, what makes them feel good. If I had a patient who was lactose intolerant, do you think I would be making them drink dairy at every meal? Like my plate suggests. <laughs> Absolutely not. That would be stupid. And that would make me a terrible dietitian. So it's a nutritious choice. It can be a very part of a part of a very healthy diet, but we're not being paid to promote it. This podcast is not sponsored by big dairy. <laughs> no. And probably another reason, I don't know if we... I'll bring this up later, actually. I'll bring this up later. I'll hold off. Ooh, intrigue for you guys to um, stay tuned. <laughs> Do it on purpose. Um, <laughs> I'm actually, we're just foreshadowing. We're, yeah. we're trying new tactics with this episode. <laughs> we have things like fast facts. We have our slogan, foreshadowing things to come, like commercials for later in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, the last diet culture dairy myth out there is that drinking dairy will cause breast cancer and this just makes me so upset because to say one food causes cancer it's so bad is absurd it's not that simple can't there's a reason we haven't cured cancer if if it was wanna... as simple as dairy, I think we would have figured that out by now. And like breast cancer, there are zero cases, record numbers. People <laughs> stop drinking dairy, no more breast cancer. No, like people who don't drink dairy get ca- breast cancer. People who don't, who do drink dairy, develop breast cancer. It's, it's not as simple as one food. And I'm sure it's like, oh, the hormones and all the additives and whatnot. Breast cancer is not, has been around 
along with dairy. And actually, like, we've developed ways to make dairy safer to consume so that people don't get, like, I'm about to say, like, salmonella. You don't get salmonella. E. coli? What comes, what can come from, like, raw milk? My food safety lack of Probably, like, a bacterial thing, because... It's not pasteurized. Yeah. But no, it's not that simple. Like you can't just say, you can't just say things cause cancer when it comes to food. That's, that's mind blowing. If one thing were to cause cancer, it would not be sold. Like we would not be selling it on the streets or there'd be a lot more public health campaigns around it like cigarettes there was a lot of campaigns around like lung cancer prevention and that but and that's not to say they ban cigarettes because clearly they have not but that's not a food one also like there's yeah. a, a very clear distinction um and if you want to look up research articles about it you're welcome to but that's when it gets like I don't know. I get, I, I'm all for people hmm, just to say doing their own research, but like <laughs> you have to know what you're reading to be able to do your own research as well. That's why like people who have background information or background knowledge and experience reading research articles can do that. And if like someone doesn't like what one person has to say about it, like ask for a second opinion on an interpretation and it can't be a news article because news articles are not <laughs> scientific articles. I've seen that so many times where people yes. reference news articles. I'm like, this is just some reporter who might be citing an article. Right. And even when they cite it, they oftentimes they misinterpret the results on purpose to sell whatever story they're pushing. Right. Or it's like, a super weak study that was done over like four weeks and like was observational not observational yeah on rats right crazy stuff right crazy world but yeah no we'll not give you breast cancer nope in fact no. it kind of like the inflammation thing it might even be beneficial in a lot of different ways and like that's the thing is you will not see emily or i ever say like drinking milk will cure breast cancer. Drinking milk will reduce inflammation. We say it might help with that, or it could do this. It might do that. People who say like A equals B when it comes to science like this are just trying to get you to buy something most likely or follow you or, or follow them or whatever. Yeah. Such drastic claims. We, we typically don't have things in that at, at such absolutes where we can say like milk causes cancer. That's just not how food and the human body works. It's so much more than just like this food causes this effect. We have genetics. We have what other food choices are involved. We have exercise habits that could play a role and body fat percentage. All of that stuff would also play a role in the cancer topic specifically. And so that's again, why it's just so wrong to say that this food causes cancer. Let's talk about some other health benefits in general, an expansion on our fast facts. 
we already mentioned that it has a lot of really great vitamins and minerals like the calcium, vitamin D. It also has those amino acids. Additionally, it also has vitamin A, which people always think of, I think, like a little bit more associated with eye health. So that's great as well. Dairy is also very versatile and convenient. It can be manipulated into very different things and incorporated in very different ways. So it's really easy to use. So from like a food accessibility standpoint, along with just like versatility of food items, it's really great for just being able to be used for a lot of different things, which is beneficial that it's not just serves one purpose. This was the thing I was going to bring up before was it's relatively affordable. So that's why I feel like there's some elitism when people are like, oh, I don't drink milk or anything. You're like, I can't believe you feed your kids milk. Like a lot of dairy products are relative. We're not, oh, I want to say a lot. We're going to say milk specifically. We're going to stick with that. Milk is pretty cheap and a really great source of protein, calcium, vitamin D, vitamin A, those other, some other amino acids that your body can't make. And it's cheap. That's one of the biggest emphases. Like there's a reason a lot of school lunch programs incorporate it or like other food assistance programs that milk is typically included on there because it is affordable and is very nutrient dense. So when people get a little bit on their high horse about it, it doesn't leave a good taste in my mouth because I'm like, do you, do we want to talk about like the average salary, like the average wage people make? Do we really want to bring up that like affordable housing, stuff like that, that plays a part in health that people don't think about? So like, yeah, we're going to, they're going to use maybe like someone who maybe might not be as well off as someone is going to use or purchase foods that are affordable to them. And are it's a very added benefit that's nutrient dense. It just, it rubs me the wrong way when people, it's not just dairy in general, like foods in general, and people get on their high horse about avoiding foods because they would never eat that. Yeah. And the alternatives- the alternatives they always give out are like two, three, four times more expensive than the regular old milk or crackers or, I mean, little you name it, coffee creamer. That's a big one I always see. Don't Literally get the everything. regular coffee mate because instead you should be getting this $7 coffee creamer to use for your coffee that is made of mushrooms instead of regular coffee because that's also bad for you, apparently. And suddenly your grocery bill has tripled because of health reasons yes and then it makes people feel guilty for choosing regular milk ah it's just yeah so frustrating yeah and i think i'm trying to remember the quote i don't know remember what the quote is and i will maybe i'll go look it up and bring it back on the podcast one day when i remember if i remember it but that quote about like health healthism evolves over time as the like upper class tries to distinguish itself from the lower class by like demonizing 
affordable. I, I don't think it was affordable items, but it was maybe it was like more accessible items. And oftentimes the case is very much that in a lot of these situations. Yeah. The last health benefit is it's great for active people. So you get the protein. If we haven't hammered that in at this point, <laughs> you get protein from dairy. Uh, we also get some carbs, which is great depending on the dairy source. I'm thinking, is butter a carb? (laughs) No. (laughs) Talking more like milk here, like chocolate milk specifically is used a lot in athletics. Like Emily and I used to work at Purdue's fueling stations. We pushed that chocolate milk real hard for the athletes after practice. We were working for big dairy. (laughs) Yeah. So it was just Purdue as a whole. Their whole uh, sports nutrition department was just being funded by big dairy. (laughs) If anything, Gatorade's more to blame than Big I was going to say, like, wasn't that a controversial thing, though, is Gatorade only would support our athletics and not, like, our entire school? Oh, I Are forgot about this. About this? this I don't is, know. I know this was, like, controversial. Doesn't it Or something was, yeah, or out. Are these trade secrets? Are we? <laughs> yeah, right. Or do we, do we, like, sign something that we don't know about? Yeah. Says we can't talk about Gatorade. Yeah. Any whom. <laughs> Any whom. Yeah, it's great. It's got protein, carbs if it's milk, liquid if it's milk, obviously, electrolytes. It can be really great for a nice little post-workout drink. Let's, speaking of that, go into milk alternatives. So maybe I have this backwards. Maybe we should do the lactose intolerance first and then go into like the different alternatives. Let's do that. Let's talk about like- We can do that what to do if you don't tolerate dairy or you just don't like it. It's okay if you don't like it, or if you're choosing not to drink it because of ethical reasons as well, that's also totally appropriate. Because again, only you can choose what's on your plate or in your glass. Yeah. Um, and that's a big part of intuitive eating. that's often forgotten about, I think is that yes, all foods can fit, but you, it shouldn't involve eating foods that don't make you feel very good. And like, if Emily were just like chugging milk, because she can, it's intuitive, it's all foods fit, it's food freedom, whatever. That actually isn't very appropriate intuitive eating, I would say. So all foods fit, but they don't have to all fit in your diet. So if eating dairy, whatever you find specifically makes you feel not so great, it makes you feel not great. It's okay to just not eat it. When it comes to like the calcium, the vitamin D, the protein, all of that, not drinking dairy does not mean you're not going to get those nutrients elsewhere. There's a lot of other foods you could consume that will also give you those. And if needed, supplementation could always be helpful as well. But again, you guys know our thoughts on that. Supplements are kind of a last resort. Um, when it comes to lactose intolerance specifically, which is just simply when you don't, uh, your body lacks the enzyme lactase, which is used to break down lactose typically, that can be a spectrum. So the degree to which people who have lactose intolerance can totally vary. Um, Emily, I guess I'll let you speak to this more than me because I don't have this, thankfully, knock on wood. What, like, what's like your spectrum? Like what foods do you tolerate better than others? So I feel like I, there's two very common lactose intolerance kind of spectrums I hear more about, but that's not to say there's only two. It's just the two I most hear about. I'm on the side more so that it's like anything, but like heavy milk products, like the liquid milk. So like 
I'm okay with hard cheeses like my Gruyere and Manchango. But something like ice cream is going to cause me a lot of abdominal discomfort. But on the other side, there can, it can get as extreme as, and I actually, I think we, I told you, I think I told you this because there's no way I didn't tell you this freshman year. I tried to do that, like lactose intolerance study where oh, it was yeah. this whole group of people who, well, we just, we all knew we had issues with milk and we <laughs> drank milk together. And like within five minutes, multiple people had to like go to the bathroom. <laughs> so there's that extreme as well. Uh... <laughs> Um, luckily I'm not on that side. Otherwise that way you, cause I, I have a couple friends also who like, I know like they actively avoid it at all costs. Cause it's not an allergy, but it's like severe enough that it causes, um, some discomfort in your quality of life. Whereas there, I know there are also some people like me a little bit who might tolerate some things here and there, but maybe not others. And like, it gets a little bit tricky. I feel like cheeses tend to be the lowest lactose content. Yeah. When it comes to like yogurts, that's where I've seen it all over the place. Like yeah. Yogurt's tricky. Some people tolerate it. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think I tolerate it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think I do, but there was that one time, I think it was last year. I told you about how I was like on a Greek yogurt kick and mm-hmm. I did not feel good. Yeah. I was like, this is so good. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, Yeah. there are some lactose free, but like still dairy alternatives. So like I talk about Fairlife a lot. Um, Their products are all lactose free, but still made of milk. They have a yogurt Mm -hmm. actually that you should try. It's really, really good. Um, It's lactose free, which is just grand. They're really the only lactose free dairy yogurt that I've tried, but there are tons of plant ones. Like there's coconut milk, yogurt, almond milk, yogurt. Haven't tried a lot of those because thankfully I don't have to. And I just know what I like. Um, they're pretty good. That's good. The yogurt is something that the dairy free community got down. Yeah. I'll give them that. Um, cheeses. I know that's very controversial. Cheese are are not so good. Yeah. In my cheese cheese is like, so it's like a science and that's just like really hard to make cheese cheese. They haven't gotten it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when it comes to like actual straight up milk, there's also a lot of lactose free options there. Like Fairlife has theirs. Mm-hmm. Kroger has their carb master brand that's lactose free and there's lactate milk, all kinds of brands will have like a lactose free option. So if yeah. it's not a milk issue, it's the lactose is the issue you likely can still find certain products where you can still enjoy the dairy. You just not have the lactose and bubble guts. (laughs) Yes. And from an ice cream standpoint, because ice cream is also very important. Yeah. Ice cream. There is also a lot of options there. Almond milk, but ice creams, coconut milk is one of the most common. Yeah. Dairy alternative ice creams I've seen. Beckin's actually a really cool one where they remove that like, they remove lactose. So it's like lactose free, but it's also made from milk. So that's really cool. It's actually one of my favorite ones um, that tastes most similarly to milk for me. Briars has brands, lactate has brand. So many, you can just walk up and down the aisles and there's so many options. 
Fairlife has one. I like theirs a lot. I love Fairlife. Fairlife and I need to. I was going to gonna say, I feel like you're pushing Fairlife. <laughs> I'm not getting paid to say this. I really I do say. love Fairlife. <laughs> I have like some kind of Fairlife product probably every single day, whether it's like I use their milk for my lattes, it has more protein in it than like regular milk does. Mm-hmm. Um, their protein shakes that are impossible to find, but so delicious that are also lactose free. So that's really great for those who like protein supplements, but can't tolerate the regular stuff. If for whatever reason, whether it's lactose intolerance, a dairy allergy or ethical reasons, or just taste wise, you decide you want to switch to like a milk alternative. That's always an option. There's tons out there these days, like almond milk, oat milk, soy milk, all of those. Um, so I want to quickly run through the differences there and just like calories and protein, which disclaimer here, when it comes to intuitive eating, um, our, our food choices should go beyond protein and calories and also take into account budget and taste and what's available. So we say this just for information only, like you can make these choices for whatever reasons you want, but people do always ask, at least me personally, like what's the best milk to drink. And of course I give my whole spiel what I just said, but, um, we'll kind of break it down. So Almond milk is the lowest calorie version. It also has the least amount of protein. It's like for about a cup, like 60 calories, one gram of protein. That one is diet culture's favorite. People love almond milk because it's so low calorie. But like we've explained, when you remove that dairy, which again, is always your choice, but you're probably losing a lot of protein. Um, It could be fortified, but you could also be losing calcium and vitamin D. So yeah, you're consuming less calories, but you're also losing a lot of other nutrients as well. Um, oat milk is very popular these days and it's one of my favorite alternatives. Um, I think Emily, you agree with that. I too, love right? oat milk. I do yeah. too. It's really good, especially in coffees, like lattes, mm-hmm. um, pretty similar calorie wise, it's like one thirty for a cup, about three grams of protein. So also relatively low in protein, but again, like if you're getting protein, otherwise from other things, don't sweat it. Um, soy milk is the most similar in terms of calories and protein. It's got about eight grams of protein, which is about what a cup of milk has. So that could be a good option if you don't want to, or you don't tolerate milk, um, and you want to have an alternative that's very similar. And then lastly, rice milk we have listed here, which is also similar calorie wise, about 110 per cup, but also very low in protein. Like the almond milk is at about one gram. So I guess bottom line with all that is choose what works for you taste and budget wise and all that. Like they're all very different, but, um, whatever you don't get from milk, they also taste, you can get all so different. Yeah, exactly. It's not something that like, like Anna said, it's past the calories and protein. Yeah. We're just sharing with you for like a comparison because people always ask. Yeah. But like, I use them differently too. Like I will use like cow's milk in my cereal, but I probably would use oat milk for like a latte. Mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't use oat milk for a bowl of cereal. It just depends on taste and what I have in the fridge. Yeah. And like, I like to get like fun flavored stuff. Like Trader Joe's has their like maple oat beverage. I love so good. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I got their pumpkin one this year and that wasn't as good. I was kind of sad. Okay. I was going to ask you how it was. And I haven't been getting them as much. It was decent. Um, they also have, what is it? It's like a, oh my gosh, it's like a brown sugar maple oat creamer, coffee creamer. That one's really good. Ooh, okay. 
Really is good. it like in the small box? Yeah. I've had that one. That one's, that one's good. That one's really good. So yeah, like I don't choose it because it's oat and not dairy. It just has a fun flavor and it's good in coffee or chai lattes or yeah. whatever. And like, say you do like someone in my case who has issues with dairy and I choose a dairy free product. That doesn't mean that like dairy's bad. That's yeah, not something not I feel like ever said. Point. Like I don't view dairy as bad at all. Yes, there are things that don't make me feel great, but that doesn't mean it's a bad product. It just means maybe there are some things I should avoid eating because it doesn't agree with my body and that's okay. It doesn't mean that I'm going to go screaming on social media that <laughs> dairy is the devil <laughs> and right, just because you don't get us all. It. It's yeah, I'm I'm one person and my one experience doesn't mean that it's going to like change the whole thing. Like, yeah, there's a way to avoid foods and also have intolerances and allergies. And you don't need to view the food as good versus bad. Yeah. It's just like, Oh, I I can still, we could, we clearly still listed benefits of dairy, but it's the pros and cons of every, there are pros and cons to everything. Like every food. Cause it's not as just black and white. Right. Like if I had a peanut allergy, I wouldn't be like telling everyone to avoid peanuts because they're the devil. It's just, I personally can't, well, I can thankfully. Again, I need to like knock on wood a lot today because I was telling Ross the other day, I was like, if I ever develop a food intolerance, I'm going to be real bummed out because I love eating so much. Mm-hmm. At least I guess like lactose would be my first choice because there are like lactase pills you can take that I know isn't the best thing to do, yes. but it helps yeah. versus like gluten, like, oh, that yeah. would suck. Yeah. Or like peanuts, like an actual peanuts, allergy, like oh. nut, nut allergies that stresses me out or wheat. eggs. Oh, that'd be terrible. My heart goes out to anyone who has that kind of thing because that really sucks. Yeah. Really sucks. So that's dairy. Bottom line, I kind of, I guess to kind of like bring a lot of points into a couple quick sentences. Um, it's up to you whether or not you choose to eat dairy. Like I choose to, Emily does to a certain extent. We don't push it on our clients if that's of your concern. Not that anyone listening to this probably has that concern, but the trolls do. You can choose to eat it or choose not to, and you can choose not to for any reason, whether it's an intolerance, an allergy, an ethical reason, or you just don't want to, you don't like the taste or you like literally, if you have no reason, that's okay too. As long as you're not pushing that idea onto others, telling them it's not healthy just because you choose not to drink it or eat it. Only you get to choose what's on your plate and your glass. Just make sure that your reason for choosing dairy or not choosing dairy isn't rooted in diet culture and fear. I think that's all. I think you covered it. Yeah. I summed oh, it up. The only other thing. Only other thing. Which you already said, we're going to reemphasize it. And if you don't eat dairy, there are other ways to get those nutrients and health benefits we talked about before. It's not like dairy. We're pushing that dairy. And I have milk at every meal. No, you, you, you can get those nutrients from other sources as well. Yeah. There's other foods that have calcium in them. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So. For our bonus question, there's obviously a few ways I could have gone. I was going to do like what percent of milk, but I think like everyone already knew that answer. We've discussed it before that we both have skim. 
I was like, what's the best milk alternative? I had a few ways to go about it, but I figured we'd discuss all those things earlier in the episode. So the bonus question I chose is what's the best milk flavor? So like plain milk, chocolate milk, strawberry milk. I've seen like banana milk, vanilla milk. I saw on TikTok or Instagram the other day, like apple pie, a la mode milk. So there's all kinds of flavors. I don't know what your experience or how far you've gone with milk taste tests, but what is the best milk flavor? I'm, I've not tried a lot of these. I feel like the farthest I've gone is maybe banana. Yeah. Um, I've never had vanilla milk. I've never heard of that. Yeah. I've, I think but I'm a it. Cho- they sell it in like little cartons. Huh. Interesting. But I'm a chocolate milk girly. I love chocolate milk so much. The cold chocolate milk tastes so good. It's it's so good. It's one of my favorites. That's my answer too. Like I know it's boring, but it's so good. I love to put um espresso in mine. Like coffee and chocolate yeah. milk together is so good. Ooh. Oh yeah. You taught me the hot chocolate and coffee combination. Oh yeah. Different composition, but you know, yeah, similar concept. Same idea. I recently I posted it on my in my membership, but I mixed hot cocoa mix in some like half and half and like made like a chocolate sweet foam and put it Ooh. over cold brew. That sounds so good. Yeah, it was really good. That's my thing lately is Dang. like making new drinks like that. That's so fun. So fun. That's the fun thing about coffee. You can like do all these different things. I know. There's always new creamers to try. And if there's not, you can like make your own different stuff at home. Mm-hmm. You could do, I do like, I'll do cold brew one day. I'll do a latte the next day. I'll do like a hot cup the next day. Like I totally mix it up almost every day. I'm not the person who has mm-hmm. like a routine, like same coffee every morning. It's always different. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. It'll work well for our coffee shop that we open. Yes. <laughs> yeah. With all the dogs and our podcast playing on the, <laughs> on the, What's it called? The overcom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I don't know that we'd make really good background noise. No. Maybe not- we can, if there's like a friend of ours who's, who's an up and coming artist, we could play their music. And then we could have our podcast corner where an episode is playing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd yeah, be fun. That's a better idea. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, that was kind of a boring bonus question. That's the best I could do today. Sorry, guys. Okay. I'm trying to like stay on fun. theme. That was that was a good question. I think that was good. Maybe <laughs> if we like we're milk enthusiasts a little bit more. I mean, I love me some milk, but I don't just like drink milk except for chocolate. No. Oh, I have a question. Okay. Oh. Now we're just gonna really deter. <laughs> do you know those straws? Maybe ten years ago, that would have the made little- of cereal. Were they made of cereal, but they were like flavored and you yeah. purposely, oh, I just, I never knew what they were made of. <laughs> I think so. Like some of them, they had like Fruit Loops flavored ones, mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. Yeah. The ones I had access to were like all like fruit flavored, mm-hmm. but you were, you were supposed to like drink them with milk. Yeah. So I feel like if we had someone who was like really passionate about that and then like maybe mixing the milks with the straw. That oh fun. yeah oh yeah like a strawberry milk with like a I don't know or like a chocolate cereal oh yeah so like chocolate strawberry 
I just don't know how much flavor you get from the straw when you're just drinking through it. Unless you like actually crunch into it. That's true. But then you can't use it to suck up anymore if you chew chew on it. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason those aren't really popular anymore. (laughs) No, but they were a fun idea. They were fun. (laughs) Remember Grippets? Did you ever get those? Are those like like the little Cheez-Its? Little, yeah. They had Cheez-Its. They had like Chips Ahoy kind of things. I love those so much. They tasted better smaller. I don't know why. Well, it's like more surface level. Yeah. Maybe surface area. (laughs) Surface area. (laughs) It's like, like uh, the mini M&Ms are so much better than regular M&Ms. Yeah. So we hope you enjoyed our dairy episode and we hope you learned something new today. Thanks for tuning in and let us know what your favorite flavor of milk is. Yeah. Or if there's a different one we didn't mention. We always say, let us know. I was thinking today we got to figure out, like I tried to like look on the website. (laughs) I'm thinking I might put like a submission thing on the website where you can like either answer a bonus question with us, submit like a future episode request, um, or just like generally ask a question. Is there a way to add, like, you know how blog posts have comments? Is there a way to, like, add a specific question under our episode page? Like, and be like, what is your favorite? Like, and have it on that page? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Okay. We'll do that. Instead of just saying, let us know. Because you always can DM (laughs) us, but. Yeah. If we give it I don't know if you feel comfortable enough being like, I like banana milk. (laughs) we love those we yeah if you did we would love that but i get it if you don't want to do that yeah okay stay tuned i'll work on that behind the scenes go check it out whenever we link the episode links on our instagram pages that's where you'll hopefully find a forum for you to discuss all right bye guys thanks for listening thank you so much for tuning in on this episode of the upbeat dietitians with your host emily krause and hannah thompson We appreciate you all so much for continuing to support us. In order to support us and sustain the success of this podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and review. If you'd like to provide us feedback for future episodes and guest stars, follow us on Instagram at The Upbeat Dietitians. Lastly, you can show us support by providing a monthly donation using the link at the end of our bio. Once again, thank you so much for listening today and stay tuned next Wednesday for a new episode. Until then, we hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.